Welcome to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Knowledge, experiences, and actionable takeaways from those who are killing it with short-term rentals. Here's your host, Jeremy Warden. We are live with the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Guys, we've got a very special guest today who started his short-term rental journey at the beginning of the year, uh, but our relationship goes back farther than that. Uh, in a very short time, has been able to grow six-figure portfolio and has definitely learned a lot along the way and has a very exciting outlook for the future. So Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. So Dylan, tell me about yourself. Kind of bring us back. When did you start working Like with your first job? What did you do? What made you want to get into short-term rentals? Yeah, so I graduated in 2018, moved to New York City. I was working for a couple years at an engineering design firm. So we were doing mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and fire protection design for the most part. And all of our projects primarily are based throughout New York City. So through that job, got exposure to the construction real estate industry. And from there, the last two years now, I've been working in a project management position. So managing construction projects that are kind of based throughout the Northeast. So, you know, through those two jobs, I've, I've gained quite a bit of experience in the construction and real estate industry, but more from the design and construction aspect. And over the last couple of years, saw what you were doing with, with short-term rentals, saw how you were crushing it. And so kind of reached out and said, Hey, like, I'd, I'd really like to get involved. Also leading up to that had done a lot of reading and, and kind of research on my own and education. And so I felt like I had reached out to you at a good time for me. I was kind of ready to jump in and definitely very eager. So from there, it's been definitely a really exciting six months. And yeah, I'm just working on expanding. Got it. So tell us, tell us about the six months. What does your portfolio look like? How, what, what'd you start? What'd you do first? And what are you, where are you at now? So right now I set up my first property towards the end of March this year, and then Pretty much right after that one got up and running, started looking for a second one and got the second one set up right around the end of June. Kind of after that, just focused on the operations, making sure both houses were good from that perspective. And just recently started gearing up to, to look for a third unit. Got it. Okay. So you got that first one and that kind of gave you that confidence. Like this is real. What strategy did you do for, for this first property? So for both properties, they're both arbitrage properties. So basically I'm signed a long-term lease as a tenant or a long-term tenant would, and then renting the properties out as furnishing them, renting them out as short-term rentals. Got it. So this first one, you have about, whatever, we're in September. So started in March, correct? Yeah, right. End of March. Got it. So you've got about a half year of history at Mm -hmm. this point. What have the numbers looked like? Break it down for us. So this first one, the initial investment, just furnishing wise, was around 20K. And coming up probably by mid-October, I should just about break even. So it's about a six to seven month payback period, which I'm definitely pretty happy with. Which is good because we 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 vocalize or, or like my general rule of thumb is I want conservative eight months cash, I'll like entirely return that initial cash investment. But 
you know, obviously you want to do it faster than than that. So what did you initially underwrite it as uh, in terms of your payback period? Initially, right around eight months. Got it. Yeah. So okay. kind of hitting that metric. Got it. So eight months and you've returned your cash in six months. So seeing that firsthand, you know, it was like, was that one? Oh, did you take that initial cash return and go spend it on spend it on some Gucci? Uh, again, <laughs> you treat yourself to a nice vacation or what? what did you do with it? No, I mean, I pretty much took that and rolled it right into the next one. And the next one, it was kind of a unique situation, but it was already in an Airbnb and just kind of through the owner not really wanting to run it anymore. I I was connected with him. And so I took that one over and that one was already furnished. For the most part, I really didn't add too much to it. So the initial investment on that one is significantly less. It was right around 5K for that one to get it up and running, pictures done, cleaning, some, some different furniture items that I added just to make it what I felt would be some improvements. But yeah, that one's doing, it's doing well as too. And the, the payback period will be quicker. Got it. Okay. So you are making your initial cash investment back pretty fast. Why is that important? So you can reinvest, you can grow. Uh, and I want to take a step back. So just a little bit of context. I've known Dylan for, I guess at this point, Five years. Yeah, about five years. Five years. And we have a very good relationship. I'm trying to make sure I say this next part in a in a way that doesn't get misperceived. But I think honestly kind of shows our story and, you know, where we are and you know where where we are now. But Dylan and I both wanted to live in New York. We are both he was a recent grad. I was taking time out of college and we wanted to live in the big city. We wanted to, and, but, you know, we weren't making a lot. I mean, what, if you don't mind sharing what your salary was right when you graduated college? I think it was 62 or 63. Which and in, then, in after yeah. tax and everything is not a lot, a couple thousand dollars a month, yeah, like 3,500 a month or something, something like that. Probably. Got yeah. it. So Dylan and I, and at the time I was, I had just left like the company I started in college and was just doing freelance web design, web development. So I had no predictable income at all. Like it was, you know, project by project. So I didn't want, you know, New York, $2,000, $3,000 a month of rent, even for just a bedroom in a shared apartment. So Dylan and I actually met and we decided that we would literally split, split a bedroom in order to save on rent. And just to like lay the picture, this was a big bedroom. It was a big bedroom. It was a big bedroom. And we thought that, you know, Dylan was an engineer. I thought I was a pretty crafty guy. We thought we could put a wall in the middle of the room so yeah. it would effectively be like two bedrooms and we could kind of like make a, we had like this whole plan that we were going to like extend the hallway and we were going to like essentially literally build a wall and we bought some supplies. We tried to put it up and it just, it didn't work out very well. No, it didn't, uh, didn't work out at all. It didn't work out. But honestly, then it was just like, might as well just keep it open. <laughs> Yeah. Open floor concepted anyways. Yeah, we definitely thought it was pretty hilarious too at first. Yeah. Like, oh, this is great. We have the Great Wall in Murray Hill. Yeah, like we were so excited to yeah. like engineer this room to have like the best deal in New York. Like we would both be paying a thousand bucks a month of rent for like our own bedroom. Which is still pretty crazy when you think about it for a shared room. Yeah, yeah, like that's, which is like, it's a good deal even for, a, is that a bad deal? So I don't know. It feels like a lot when I think about it for a room that you're sharing. Yeah, true. So we literally shared a room. Dylan and yeah. I shared a bedroom to save money. And a couple of years went by. I left New York uh, on the onset of COVID. I took Start, over my own room. Yeah, Dylan took over 
at that time we weren't sharing rooms anymore. We had <laughs> both moved into our own room, but whatever, for illustrative purposes, I, I left, started doing short-term rentals. You know, Dylan and I obviously friends stayed in the loop. And then I guess out, I think in January you hit me up or, and I guess what was going through your mind of like, all right, I got to make more money. Maybe, you know, my job, like you did, you did get a promotion or you, you had a new job. So mm -hmm. you were making a little bit more than you were before. But I guess what like was that like decision of like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something else. This isn't cutting it. Yeah. I mean, I think for the last, you know, before, before getting the new job. So maybe let's say right around COVID was when I started to really think about, okay, where do I want to be? Where are my goals and kind of more of a long-term perspective and with the money I was making from W2 and kind of the trajectory and different paths I was looking at wasn't really adding up to where I wanted to be. So that's when, you know, that's when I started reading a bunch, watching different videos as a lot of people do just to get some of the educational background. And so kind of played with going down a couple different avenues of investing in real estate. Didn't really take action in terms of actually, you know, pulling the trigger on anything. And then I was like, you know what? I see what Jeremy's doing. It's, it seems to be working very well. Let me, let me find out a little bit more about it. And so that's why, yeah, in January I reached out. And I think Dylan may have had to like suck up a little bit of pride to hit me up. Because Definitely a lot, a lot did, of pride. He did. I, you know, I started short-term rentals and, you know, I yeah. was, I was doing, doing well. And, you know, I was being honest and sharing with you. And I think then you were like, all right, I want to do some fashion of real estate, yeah. like side hustle type thing. Mm -hmm. And you went another route, you did, you know, you took kind of like, a, you did a mastermind program, mm -hmm. spent a lot of time learning, but I mean, it was ultimately didn't pull the trigger. Right. So when you hit me up, I was like, all right, I'll help you out, Dylan. But I mean, you, you could say in your words, what, what was like kind of my I think criteria? I'll, I'll paraphrase a bit because I don't <laughs> remember exactly how you delivered it, but it was along the lines of, okay, I'll help you out, but you... You need to succeed here. I was like, absolutely. Like, I'm not like, you're not, you know, you did this program, nothing, nothing yeah. happened, you know, like you, you know, invested time and, in, you know, maybe some other things into that. And, you know, if you, if I'm going to work with you, you're going to be successful. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, yeah, I think you've made your money back in yeah. six months. You have two properties that are comfortably cash flowing. Mm -hmm. Also, I think something that Dylan has done a very good job of at this point. And, you know, when we look back two years from now, if you continue doing what you're doing, you'll have a lot more is just like really building relationships with landlords, being comfortable on the phone. I know he, he was talking that he was, you were pursuing potential co-host opportunities, mm -hmm. just really like whatever, you know, if you talk to someone trying to figure out what, how you can add value and how you can have like a mutually beneficial relationship with them. And building also like deep relationships with the landlords you already have because a lot of times they own more than one property. So that being said, yeah, walk us through kind of that evolution. I know you did you struggle at first to like build these connections and get deal flow and kind of what have been, were the pain points and then kind of like how have you overcame them? Yeah, I think initially just making the calls was somewhat uncomfortable. I mean, it's never easy just cold calling people, especially in the beginning when I'm not as familiar with how the whole picture comes together. Conceptually, you can, it's not too difficult to understand, but actually having it come to fruition and understanding what goes into it is more difficult to speak about in the beginning. 
so it did take some time and quite a few calls before kind of finding my stride a bit on that yeah. front. And Blake was also really helpful. Blake, who Super was helpful. just here. Yeah. Last week's episode, if you guys haven't listened to that or already, Blake was just on. But Blake, I know, I mean, he does this, you know, with a lot of the folk right. uh, we work with, but he was really, he helped you kind of because he had experience doing it before. Right. So he definitely filled in a lot of those knowledge gaps where he was actually, I was, I had him right next to me when I closed the first, the first property that I had when I was talking to the landlord. So we, you know, we, he helped me answer some of the questions that I wasn't as familiar with. And now at this point. It's easy. Yeah. Much easier. You can close. It's not a problem of like getting it's, deals. It's just being selective. Right. The ones you want. It's the hard part now is just finding houses or properties that I think will do well. The talking with landlords part is I'm much more comfortable with. And I think the, I understand the value that is added for a lot of them. People that want more of a passive investment that want a good tenant that they don't have to worry about isn't going to leave after a year because that's really when for a landlord that's that's when it's it's not passive anymore you got to get it ready for the you next tenant to come the in walls, you right. got to fix whatever things are broken right. exactly and you got to then market it again take yeah. photos yep so screen screen tenants exactly yeah. yeah and finding a good tenant isn't easy too so knowing that it's actually a valuable thing that basically what I'm providing that has been, I think having that understanding has been huge just in terms of having the confidence when I'm speaking to people. Got it. So you got the first one up. Can you just walk us kind of through that, the numbers? I know it's, it's a bigger house, so it was right. more of a cash investment, but just, I, I'm a numbers guy. So just lay it out for us. What, what did that first investment look like? So the rent on that house is 2450 a month. Utilities, couple hundred. Um, and this is in the like Southeast of the U S right. Got it. Yep. So you're in New York and your mm -hmm. first property is in the Southeast, which had you ever even been to the state you invested in? I hadn't been there. Actually. Even though someone here had invited you, uh, to come, but yeah. he did not come. So time it didn't work out. Let's not, but... we don't have to get into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no, I hadn't been there, but I hadn't, you know, you and Blake are pretty familiar with that area of the country and understand the market there well. And so that's kind of where I geared my focus in terms of where I was looking, just because I felt like I had those connections that understood that area of the country. So twenty four fifty a month for the rent. And once I once I signed the lease, I actually I drove down there to get the setup to do the setup portion of it because I didn't want to pay for a flight and a rental car. And I knew I'd be driving around picking up supplies and stuff. But from when I signed the lease to when I listed it, I think it took a little under three weeks, so about 20 days. And I came with a bunch of our, our mentees. We were yeah. having a mastermind a few hours away. Yeah. But yeah, how, how great did that make you feel, that sense of community? Yeah, it felt good. I had a lot of, a lot of support, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some, some nice tips while, while you guys came through too, just in terms of the furnishings. And yeah, it was good. And in terms of prior to furnishing, I guess, how did you... So first of all, what was, did you think that investing out of state, I feel like a lot of folk, New York City, you know, big cities, highly regulated. I know we just talked to Blake who, you know, he likes highly regulated cities and right. has certain strategies there. But I guess, did you think investing out of state would be, would be possible? And was it easier or harder than you, than you imagined? It's definitely, it's been easier than, 
I would have thought. And I think one of the biggest questions people ask that have not or that don't have Airbnbs is how much time are you spending on it? Like, how are you doing it out of state? And a lot of the different tools that allow you to do that, I wasn't, I didn't know about getting into it. And most people don't. And I think that's kind of where that, that unknown comes from and where that question comes from. So yeah, we have, I mean, it's, it's basically, I'm just following a a kind of a system that you figured out throughout the years and has worked well, but there's software for guest communication, which is huge software for dynamic pricing, which basically is just taking in supply and demand at a given time and fluctuating your pricing around a certain average that you're setting in terms of what you're charging on a, on a per night basis. So having those tools has been really key for the management perspective. And then also knowing how to build out a local team. So having different contractors, handymen, as well as cleaners that you can trust that, you know, do a good job is so important. And the more you have those kind of systems put in place, the less headaches you have to deal with as managing the properties. Absolutely. So frankly, it's been pretty easy is what it seems like. And and then I wouldn't say it's setup, been easy. I'm sure the yeah. setup was like a challenge and this, overwhelming and, right. and all that, you know, especially because you did a bigger house. Like yeah. that's, if you start with a studio apartment where you've got one bed. Right. I mean, how hard is that going to be? But you started with, I mean, what, a four bedroom, a, five bedroom? A four, t- four bed, two and a half bath house. Sleeps 12. 13. Mm-hmm. And it's 2,600 square feet. So it's not got, a small house. It's got a hot tub. It's got a hot tub, big backyard. Yeah, so it's a big house. So the the initial setup was definitely, it was a lot of work, but I still did it in three weeks. So like three weeks for the return I'm getting, the cash flow. Yeah, that initial, you said 24.50 monthly rent. Right. You paid a one month's deposit on it. One month's deposit, first month's rent. And then since then- How much in furniture in total? Right around 20K. Got it, and you put- It was about 18K in furniture. You put a lot of that on a 0% APR credit card. Well, the only 3K of it on a 0% APR. Because you didn't have a lot of business credit. Right, exactly. Have they bumped that up since then? They have. So See, I that's what happens with business credit. You right. Might, you might start with a lot. And Blake said on the last episode that he now has like a quarter million in business credit that he yeah. has access to, which like. So that that's actually definitely been a really cool thing. And that was my plan in the beginning. I was like, oh, perfect. I'll get a, a business credit card. I'll just use that to furnish the house. And then I got the card. And it's got a 3K limit. I was like, well, that's not as helpful as I would have hoped. <laughs> you also had a per- personal credit card. Yeah, so. exactly. And I still had, I just put more of my own cash in that I had on hand than I would had originally planned for, but I still had it. Yeah. So, but since then, I mean, it's been six months. They've bumped that card up a couple times. I think it's now at maybe 12K. Just opened up another card, also 0% interest, interest business card. And that one's closer to 20K. So you have 30K in business credit now. Essentially, yeah, 30K, and 0%. All you really did, because there's a lot of, you know, business credit courses and, but really at the most basic level, you get a business credit card, you use it, you spend money on it, you buy yeah. things, you pay those things back. Yeah. That's and really all you did. Uh, pretty you can, much. You can do trade accounts, you can do the Duns and Bradstreet, which right. like obviously are best practices, but in a nutshell, that is how, is that how you got more business credit? Yeah, and the crazy thing is I didn't I didn't realize this, but they've been bumping it up without me asking them to bump it up. Yeah. So they, they do that. <laughs> that's, that's 
yeah, it's been it's been cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, I would have to pull up my app right now to like see how much I have, but it, I think I'm at yeah, quarter million or something. Yeah. Okay, so cool. So you initial cash investment, first month's rent, deposit. It's called five grand. Right. Furniture, call that. Furniture was around 18. 18. So we're all in $23,000. Right. It's been six months. So that means for you to have just, you know, gotten that initial investment back, that would be about almost $4,000 a month of cash flow. A little less because I'm also including now the second house Got it. into okay. the payback period of kind of the portfolio. Sure. I would have to double check what this house just by itself is doing. Dylan but was showing us his books earlier. Yeah, so it's, could... it's pretty close up because the new house, it's only been up for a month or two. Got it. But that one came furnished. That one came furnished. I put 5K into it, five to six. So that one by itself is probably also going to, that one, the payback period will be much quicker. Because be... just a lower initial cash right. investment. So the first one is probably higher monthly cash flow. Much higher. But the second one is a faster return on investment. Exactly. Got and faster payback period. Right. Got Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So two properties, we're wiping the slate clean. Yeah. We're back to where we started. Now, you know, you don't have a 3K business credit card. You've got 32K in business credit. Right. What are we looking at moving forward? So I definitely want to expand the arbitrage portfolio. So I recently kind of started gearing up to look for a third one seriously. The rest of the summer after setting up the second one, kind of focused on the operations. I also had a couple trips, so it just didn't really make sense timing-wise to look for a third. And I also wanted to build up some more cash after putting it into two properties. Sure. So now I'm definitely ready to look for the third. So I've kind of been actively looking, I'd say, for the last couple of weeks or last two weeks, really. And then also another thing I want to do now that I understand the operations and can speak about it intelligently is co-hosting. Got it. Co-hosting, I just view it as minimal risk. There's really no risk outside of your yeah. time that you're investing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a nice way that can, you, you have one property that, you have one good client with a big property doing, you know, north of six figures and you're charging 20% on that. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I'm looking at that. And also, so those are kind of the Which two would be, That would be less cash flow than your first property. Less cash flow, but. Much higher, infinite infinite return on investment. Right. No cash up front and really no risk. Got it. Okay. So, and I guess we're talking about co-hosting. I'm definitely pushing co-hosting with folk I work with a lot more. Just, you know, I get fielded the questions all the time about economic, economic uncertainty. And like, there's always some degree of economic uncertainty and, you know, early COVID, everyone thought the world was going to go to doom. There's always going to be people saying that, but my answer, it's just easier to just say, all right, if you're worried, do co-hosting. <laughs> right. Like there's no downside, you right. know, there's only like, I would argue that there might be more limited upside. Cause like you're just, your gross margins, like for every dollar of revenue you make, if you do a good arbitrage property, you can be making 40% gross margins. Whereas co-hosting, you're charging like a 20% fee. Right. In addition, I would say that co-hosting is more akin to like a job mm -hmm. because you just have to keep the investor, like landlord happy. Right. That's like part of the deal. You're keeping guests happy, but you have to keep them happy. And, you know, which means you need, you want to have good investor partners. So I'm in, and I'm sharing these things as Dylan is getting into co-hosting. Like, what mm -hmm. do you want to be thoughtful of? You want to be thoughtful of you're working with a good owner. You know, one that lets you do it, gives you space, uh, but also 
know, let's say there's an issue with the house, they they deal with it or they they let you deal with it. You right. know, they're not they don't cheap out about safety issues and stuff like that. So all right. So I guess, yeah, what has been the process of like starting to look at co-hosting and, and kind of getting into that? I mean, to be honest, it's still very new. Sure. Um, we'll be we'll come we'll come back for that one in a <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, in terms of just what I've been doing so far is just looking honestly on Zillow, looking at a lot of furnished places, just reaching out to the landlord and saying, Hey, have you thought about I think there's a ton of potential you have here in terms of turning this into a short-term rental between myself and a couple of people I work with, like you and Blake, we have 30 plus units of kind of data and experience on terms of how to run short-term rentals, how to optimize them. And I basically want to implement these same strategies into your house. We can make it as passive as you want in terms of I'll handle all the operations. And so that's kind of been I'm sold. what I've been doing I'm so sold. far. Take yeah. my property. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it definitely the, helps to have- keys. Yeah, so it helps to have the now a portfolio to reference or to show as a reference. Granted, I haven't found a co-host client yet, yeah, so yeah, it's still, we're still a work in progress. And, yeah, and this this is the short-term rental pros podcast. Yeah, Dylan's on his way there. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not there yet. I'm not giving him that <laughs> title that at this point. Yet, yeah, but I think it's good to have people who are on their journey, mm -hmm. and because you can see, you know, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, do you think it's crazy thinking about where you were six months ago to yeah, where you absolutely. are now? Yep. And like, has that changed kind of your outlook and like optimism for yourself, your professional career, for your pursuit of freedom? Like, how has your mindset shifted? I think my mindset over the last couple of years has been relatively like I have these goals that I want to achieve, but it was more about, all right, how do I get there? Now I feel like I have, I've got the ball rolling in the right direction. Like I've, I've got kind of clear steps and like action, actionable things that I can do to get closer to that. So that is definitely has given me confidence, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing the right things now. Now it's just about doing more of it. And then basically taking the cash from there, maybe putting it into slightly less management intensive parts of real estate as well. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we talk about that management intensity. You I mean, you were just telling me that first the second property, the first renter was like a multi-month renter. Yeah, How so I, manage, manageably intensive was that? <laughs> yeah, that, that, was that was my longest guest so far. I think before that, my longest guest had been maybe a 10-day stay. But I just had a guest leave that had been there for a little over a month. He didn't ask me. He asked me maybe one or two questions the entire time. And so I, it didn't even feel like you I You forgot was, about the property. Yeah, it's like I didn't even have it. Yeah, I have to check when I'm doing midterms. Like, I've got to just check and like look at the count and be like, all right, well, how long have these people been here? Like, what's right. what's going on? Because it's easy just to literally yeah. forget about it. You're, but okay, so it's pretty easy. So you it like the, you like medium, and we're episode with Blake. We talked a lot about medium term rentals, right? But is that something you might want to seeing how passive a medium term rental was? Something you might want to do more in the in the future? I'm definitely going to look into it more. Um, also knowing that certain areas of the country that could be that have a lot of opportunity there are some restrictions around stays under 30 days so there's pros and cons there with the shorter stays you're in general your returns are probably better but there's going to be more they're more management intensive so the medium term rentals is also another avenue in the future or near future i'll probably be exploring okay so yeah, what can we, so you're doing, looking at co-hosting, you're starting to make calls, you're starting to make that pitch. 
do you want to buy? I guess, what are your, you're going to think your short-term goals, get some co-hosting, get some more arbitrage. Right. What's your five-year? Like, if you were to say, this is where I want to be five years from now, we're, all, we're alive, so we're holding you accountable. I mean, I, you know, I hold yeah. Dylan's ass accountable. So what, what do you want? What's your, what am I helping you with? What are we doing? I mean, I think right now the arbitrage and the co-hosting makes sense just to build up the cash flow more. The monthly cash flow, cash flow, I want it to be at a higher pace or coming in quicker before I feel like it makes sense to buy and just basically deploy most of what I have into buying a house, furnishing it the return on investment is just going to take way longer. Sure. Granted, you have the appreciation and equity. Totally. Way more tax benefits. But for now, I think immediate next steps is to get a couple more properties up and running through arbitrage and co-hosting. Next year, I may look to buy. and But I think it also kind of just, yeah, it, it depends a bit on interest rates, how many properties I've... Hey, you've got that arbitrage. W-2 still. Yeah. You've got that W-2. Gets you one of them... Get you one of them uh, right. low in, low down payment loans. And I've learned a lot about Throw the, that uh, on the business credit. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not really kind of joking. Yeah, but yeah, it depends on the numbers. But I've also like, I've also thought about. All right, well, I've learned a lot about the short term rental loophole. Yeah, oh, the tax, the tax front. So then I'd have to kind of put pen to paper. Like, okay, does it make sense to try to capitalize on that next year? Well, I will say, I think it's at sixty percent next year. The depreciation. It'll even when it's at twenty percent. It still makes sense. It'll still. Yeah. It'll always make sense because if it's over five years, it just means you're doing that twenty percent each year. Right. So, we the short term loophole essentially is a way to buy a house as an Airbnb has a and write off because it's an actively managed business. Right. If you satisfy certain criteria. You can write it off against your active income, which in Dylan's case is currently his W-2 job. Right. So if you're making, say you're making 100K, is that fair? Are you big? I don't know. Uh, it's more, but not like significantly. Got it. So let's say you're making 115K. Sure. All right. I was making 115K in New York. Again, you're at that 50, 42% tax bracket in total. Right. So you're paying half your paycheck to Uncle Sam. If you can show a theoretical loss via accelerated depreciation, which you can write off 80% of the accelerated depreciation amount this year, you have to do a cost. This is this is zone episode. We'll do another episode yeah. on the cost segs and short-term rental loophole. But essentially, you can you know, probably decrease that 115. Let's say you buy a 500k house, 400k house. You could you know probably decrease that 115 to like 55, 60 or something like that and then your tax you're uh you're going from a 50 percent tax bracket in terms of like city state federal down to probably like a 25 percent tax bracket so then you save money again because right. your tax rate is then lower so it's like compounds the savings so i'm excited to, to get you in on that too definitely so five years from now you've you've tapped the short-term rental loophole you now own at least one property oh d definitely i mean within the next five it's honestly kind of hard to hard to plan plan out or kind of say like oh yeah i'm gonna own x amount yeah in the next i'm not good at setting years. goals because i'm just like i take opportunities that make sense at right. that time but i think next year it would probably make sense to buy and then within the next five years I, yeah, honestly, I have to put some more thought into it. All right, we'll come, we'll come, yeah, we'll back. come back. We'll come back to that one. So more arbitrage, more co-hosting, mm -hmm. and then buying partially for the tax advantages of buying. So I guess what has been the 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down a little bit before that. I guess when you reached out to me, did you have to suck up any pride? Did you, uh, you know, you, you tried another type of real estate that wasn't one that I had experience with? You know, I don't know what happened there or whatever. We don't have to get into that. That, that then, that's coming back around. And then you hit me up. So what was that like? Just, you know, I don't know if you DM'd me, called me. I don't know what, I don't remember exactly the mode of communication, but. I think I texted you first. Texted me. And I think you called me. Okay. Well, and let's just say you Instagram DM'd me. Sure. <laughs> what, what like, was it like, you know, were you, did you feel a little bit like, you know, I'm asking of something from someone or what, I guess what was going through your mind there? I mean, we were, we were good friends, so it definitely felt, I mean, I, super happy for your success, obviously. And it's honestly been really super impressive to see you grow through your different business endeavors. I started off with the boat rentals, got into Airbnbs. You got a couple other things happening now too. So that's, I mean, it's been awesome to see as your friend and definitely like pretty inspiring, but yeah, with all that said, reaching out and asking for some, some guidance on the short-term rental front definitely took some, I had to suck up some pride, but def I'm happy I did it. I uh, definitely got yeah, Blake was talking earlier is like how, how many of our friends like do short-term yeah. rentals at this point. And like, definitely I look, I mean, I'll help you guys. I'll help out my friends. They hit me up. I'll help out anybody, you right. know, I'll help out. And I guess I want to get on that, you know, kind of our community and has it, you know, been, I, I know that you've been looking at, you know, getting uh, some extra cash from some of those in our community mm -hmm. who you know, have, maybe we've helped them get their first property, but they want to passively invest in the second. We'll get into that in a second. But I guess this is more internal reflection of like, it's kind of funny that yeah. when you like kind of show friends and help them, like some, you know, some are like, you know, grateful and like, we'll say, you know, but then some are kind of like, oh, I did this, like, this is all, and like, all right, whatever, man. Like, like, yes, you provided exactly everything I needed to, to do it. And, yeah. but I did it. I'm like, okay, no, that's great. That's great. All right. I don't mean to, I don't mean to, it is funny if anyone, I don't know if anyone's listening, you know, I'll take, I'll take some compliments here Definitely. and there. But that being said, yeah, in terms of the group, mm -hmm. yeah, you, I know you've talked to folk about like raising money and stuff. I guess, how has the group itself like been helpful? It's been great. I mean, it's, it's still a relatively newer group. So a lot of the people in it are experiencing and having the same questions that I have. So it's been helpful to see, okay, where are they having struggles or the questions that they have are, are shared by a lot of us. And so working through that collectively and hearing people's different people's experiences and how to do things better when there's mistakes that are made, that's been very helpful. And then also on the, the raising additional capital part, there are some people in the group that happen to have a lot more cash than others looking for places to invest it. And so that's also been a nice avenue now that we've kind of been able to explore. Yeah. And it's been cool. Like, like you said, I mean, obviously I've been doing this for a few years, right? I'm still doing things, but having people who are like kind of at the stage you're at or having like mm -hmm. more, like, I think you were setting up a property while someone else in the group was setting up a property nearby. Right. So you really had like parallel experiences. Yep. And then it's, it's also been nice just because we set up properties at the same time. It was both of our first properties. We communicated back and forth pretty much consistently since we set up that first property and have been able to answer each other's questions, share resources like cleaners and handymen. So that's been uh, super helpful. Awesome. So Dylan, I asked this to everybody on my show. I'm going to have to paraphrase it for you or change it. I asked, what's your pro tip? I'm not calling you a pro yet. 
we're saying, what is your aspiring, aspiring pro tip for, for those listening? I would say start with your own education and research. That's kind of the approach I took. And then once I had, without knowing about potential certain options as a means of investing, it's, it's difficult to just jump into something, but having enough of a background to then reach out to someone that has done it, has been successful at it. I would say start with the research and then try to find a mentor and that will definitely expedite what you're able to do. Got it. Okay. So today we touched on the last six months. We've talked about what, you know, you're excited for moving forward, but yeah, anything else you want to share that's like pertinent about your experience that like our audience would find you know, valuable? I would say with the right systems in place for short-term rentals, it's definitely not as, as crazy or difficult as people probably think it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, just if you reach out to your, your community, if that's something you want to be a part of and find someone that's done it successfully and, and yeah. Yeah. Go after it. And maybe maybe a year from now we're we're helping you get virtual assistance onto your team. So that one message you sent the month to that guest, maybe next time you don't even have to send that one message. That'd be great. It gets said. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dylan, thank you so much uh, for coming today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Really uh pleasure to be here and and it was a great time. Yeah, and guys, again, we both of us went from uh, sharing a room and hopefully uh a couple of years from now. <laughs> You know, we can look back at all that and, you know, hopefully we have some photos or something from there. We, we definitely do. We can put that as like the thumbnail. I don't know if we do, but maybe we'll, we'll look for them. But awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining today. Stay tuned for the next episode. Please, guys, like, you know, I'm just doing this for y'all. Give us that five-star review. Let me know if you have any topics you want me to cover. I'm trying to make this pod as valuable as possible. I'm trying to have as many interesting people as possible. So feel free, comment. Let me know what you're looking for. And as always, appreciate y'all. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Short-Term Rental Pro Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, leave us a five-star rating, like, comment, and share this with someone you know that wants to invest in short-term rentals.